0: Thanks for joining this week's edition of Fan Talk Friday. I am joined by our podcast uh, affiliate, uh, Caged. Oh, I just fucked that up so bad. Thanks for joining this week's edition of Fan Talk Friday. We are joined with the house, Shay Grigsby, who's going to be talking about the Ravens.
1: Yeah, how are we doing, Tyler?
0: We're doing great, man. So you obviously have been watching this Ravens team, and they have taken tremendous strides from last year. Um, And we've talked kind of about this a little bit. And so let's just kind of touch again on Lamar Jackson. And kind of one of the criticisms that I talked to you about before this was that he faces the issue of, yes, he's a fantastic running quarterback. I don't want to take anything away from him how great he is at that. But he also has that aspect of if he gets hit, he could go down just like any player could. Does that add worry to you as a fan where you think our season's on the line every single time he's running the ball?
1: Well, the thing is, I don't necessarily think that our season's on the line every time he's running the ball, just because he's an extremely smart player. You watch him uh, late 2018 season when he came in, he was taking big hits shot after shot. Um, Obviously, Baltimore's coaching, uh, I think, is superb. They worked on that. They made it a point of emphasis. They focused on it. And you've seen drastic improvements of the shots he's taken. Um, he's getting out of bounds. He's beating DBs, corners, safeties to the edge. Uh, he's he just, I mean, he's an exceptional athlete. And he's able to get around uh, on the sidelines and turn the corner. So, like, really, when, when I look at Lamar Jackson and what he's doing, I kind of think of Deshaun Watson, but a more athletic, not as good of a thrower, I would say, but fairly close in my opinion. Um, if you look at Deshaun Watson the past two weeks, I know granted his offensive line has not played exceptionally well, but he's taking massive shots. And a lot of the time when he's stepping up in the pocket and trying to make things happen, defenders are sliding off of their, uh, Offensive uh, blockers. Yeah, all the blockers so that are blocking. Of the, <laughs> of <the> offensive <laughs> line. And I, I don't know. When I, when I sit down and look at the two, they're compared together or up against each other all the time. Like, who's better, yada, yada, who's more sustainable? Um, I really look at, like, the shots that they've taken, and you watched uh, – I mean, obviously Baltimore's defense came out and just shut Houston out, so – they got their number of sacks. They got their hits on uh, Deshaun Watson, but I just I just feel like Lamar is being extremely smart about it. I don't think that these kind of quarterbacks are going to be able to last like twenty years. I think the Kyler, Kyler Murray's of the NFL, the Russell Wilsons, the Dak Prescotts. I think they're going to have long or uh, greater longevity than say a Lamar Jackson, just because he uses his feet more. I feel like there's. Uh, direct correlation in um, you know running quarterbacks and, and their longevity, longevity in their
0: career that makes total sense now. This is one thing that i've been listening to multiple podcasts radio- sh- uh stations and shows stuff like that where they're discussing this, and one thing that i that I heard that really stuck out to me, which I kind of agree with, and I think you will as well, is that you will take a ten years of a Lamar Jackson. Being as great as he is, even if he gets hurt, versus a 15 seasons or 20 seasons, if it ever gets to that way, of a quarterback of subpar play. Do you agree with that? Does Lamar Jackson, even with his exposed risk running the football, will you take that even if it is a shorter longevity because the ceiling's higher?
1: Well, my thing with Lamar Jackson is I see a lot of potential still in Lamar. Uh, I think he can... I think he can develop his game into a way that it is possibly sustainable. And the way I think you do that is obviously as he grows older, he's going to lose a step in his, uh, like footwork and his speed. So he's not going to be making those shifty, exciting, flashy spins and, you know, juking people out of their feet and all that shit. So he's got to, he's got to develop more in the pocket, which I think he's doing a tremendous job of right now. Um, NFL ranks him number two uh, quarterback in the pocket right now. Yeah, he's, actually. Been,
0: he's been really good this season in the pocket, a lot better than I expected him to be.
1: Yeah, he's, he's made tremendous strides uh, with developing his game, making him two-dimensional rather than just a running threat. Uh, and I think that's eventually what is going to build him into a quarterback that can go 15, 20 years. He's he's not gonna like he's gonna use his feet when he needs to. I think he'll be able to escape the pocket in fifteen years, but he's not gonna be able to run and make those highlights that he's making. Mm-hmm, he's gonna yeah. be he's gonna have to develop his um, decision making and his throwing, obviously, like as as his career. Uh, yeah,
0: you're out. not wrong. He ab- ab- absolutely will have to get better at throwing the football, and you expect that from someone who is only in his second year in the league. And by the time he gets into year five will become a more polished veteran and obviously will be on the final year of his deal um, with that extra year that they had by trading up to him in the first round because all first round rookies have an extra fifth year that they can add on to the standard four-year deal. So you're expecting that by that time, Lamar Jackson has submitted himself into what they think he can be in the future. And even then at that point, you're also hoping, as I think every franchise quarterback having team, when they sign them to their big deal, that not only are they going to be as good as they are now, but they'll even more improve um, and take strides in just the mental aspect of the game and actually throwing the football and um, the game-managing aspect, kind of how Tom Brady is, who isn't able to throw the football as strong as he was early on in his career, but has compensated with that because his mental aspect of the game is so good that he doesn't put himself in situations where he can't throw the football. So I think you're... Right about Lamar Jackson that currently right now his style of play allows him to play kind of more unorthodox but as his athletic ability goes away as he gets older he will have to focus on the other aspects such as a pocket passing quarterback so he can create that longevity one thing that I want to talk to you about as well is Mark Ingram and the addition of him this year because he's been sensational for that team and I also think it's kind of a yin and yang thing for Lamar Jackson where Ingram opens up the running game for him as Lamar opens up the running game for Ingram. What do you have to say about that?
1: Well, first off, what I'm going to say is big trust. Uh, he's about that, and <laughs> um, meet him outside the bank. He's, That's such a great name, by the way, for the that bank
0: stadium. M T Bank Stadium, but to call it the bank, I never heard of that before. It's pretty, it's pretty cool, actually. Pretty badass nickname.
1: Yeah, I had never heard of it either. But um, when you look at Mark Ingram, I see... I see a drastic change in Mark Ingram's career right now. Uh, he's obviously getting a shit ton more workload. Um, if he's not getting the ball like 30, 25, 30% of the time, then on the run plays, then he's a decoy. He's a fake. He's a very important key factor to it. He's a lead blocker at sometimes, uh, obviously when Lamar keeps it. Um, but really when you when I look at Mark Ingram, it's it's the transition from New Orleans to Baltimore that he had. And uh it really excites me to see this transition because I feel like Mark Ingram has found like almost like a new love for the game. Uh being around those young, flashy players such as Hollywood Brown, um Fantastic player by the way Miles Boykin. He's also pretty good. He's a big target for Lamar. Uh, Obviously, Mark Andrews, the tight end trio that we have going on with Boyle and Hayden Hurst as well. Uh, They're just a bunch of young guys that really enjoy the sport. And they're out there having fun with a great scheme, uh, a good coach, good management. They sound very professional in front of the public. Like, you see Lamar Jackson out there and, I mean, even Mark Ingram with – fried-ass outfits on and chains and shit listening to Kodak Black, but as soon as they step in front of a camera, it's like a switch uh, flips, and they're just...
0: They're a different person. E- exactly.
1: That, yeah. It's um, I think, really, when you look at the Ravens as a whole, it's, it's from the top down. Uh, trading up to get, obviously, Lamar and just making all-around great decisions uh, for their organization uh, in the offseason. It really, really helped them out. They they just signed uh, L.J. Fort. Yeah, former Taylor,
0: linebacker for the Steelers. Exactly,
1: to an extension. He's out there balling out for them right now. Uh, he's good in pass defense. He's good in, you know what I'm saying, run. He's a good run stopper. He's good at filling holes. Uh, I don't know. They, they just add a lot of additions on the fly, and – it tends to work out. I think Harbaugh is extremely good at that, and I think their management does very well at selecting players.
0: So talking about like additions, not only the offseason obviously was big with the adding of, uh, really the retooling of their offense in the past two years, adding Lamar Jackson to transitioning away from Joe Flacco. We all know the offensive factors where they also went heavy tight end. They're running offense now where most offenses in the league are passing offenses, but one big Addition that they made this this regular season was a trade with Marcus Peters, who has been sensational. He was with the Chiefs early on in his career, was known as a ball hawk who would kind of jump out and go for the pick and sometimes get burned doing that, and then went to the Rams and was uh teamed up with the keeb Talib. And the Rams kind of blew up that secondary because they wanted Ramsey, and so they traded Marcus Peters to the Rams. Now I thought this wouldn't work out for the Rams or the Ravens. They traded him to the Ravens. That's what I meant to say. I didn't think it would work out for the Ravens, but it has. And And Marcus Peters has become a great addition to, or a great addition opposite of um, Marlon Humphreys. Is that that the other corner's name? Yeah. Yeah, so those two guys are really good corners that can take away a one, a two, and even if you need to put one of them in the slot, like they can take away any type of receiver and move around with them. So what have you seen from Marcus Peters in the addition of this defense that makes you believe that now this is a defense that legit can make it to the Super Bowl and carry an already explosive offense.
1: Well, my my thing is you, you got to look at Baltimore's defense as a whole, and obviously, I think their secondary is probably name wise and statistically probably the biggest, most uh, successful part of Baltimore. Uh, their game to pass two, three, four weeks. Uh, Their defense has stepped up tremendously. Um, You have, obviously, Marcus Peters and Marlon Humphreys from Alabama. He is actually playing, like, top five corner uh, in the league right now. He shut down, obviously, OBJ in that loss that they took to uh, the Browns. Uh, Shout out, Zay. Um, (laughs) But Tony Jefferson's hurt at uh free or at strong safety so uh Clark's in there playing and then you look at our free safety too which is Earl Thomas um just elite athletes uh Marlon Humphreys is probably going to make a pro bowl this year if he keeps uh, his numbers up the way he's trending and then that'll make a pro bowler in all four two safety positions and two corner positions for Baltimore once they all get healthy and I mean Clark's out there playing extremely well too uh, Brandon Carr, Jimmy Smith also two. I mean there's depth there.
0: Yeah, Jimmy Smith used to be a starter for them and was a really good corner, now is obviously kind of seen. I
1: believe that he's all, he was also a pro bowler.
0: Yeah, yeah he's,
1: so he's really good. They have a pro bowler coming off, you know what I mean, substituting in and out, obviously transitioning in their nickel package um, but it's it's just an extremely elite group of athletes out there on the field and then you have Matthew Judon, uh, Marcus Pierce, uh, obviously. Uh, Who's B- their defensive Byn- tackle? Bynes, Pierce, and uh, oh yeah, okay. Williams. And then yeah, Brandon
0: Williams. That guy's that guy used to be good. He's not as good as he used to be. Now, do they run a four right. man front?
1: He's uh, hurt. Uh, oh, is he? Yeah, right now he is. Well, typically what Baltimore uh, likes to do, they're only, they're very similar to New England, and they blitz you all the time. Uh, the stat is upper 40% of the amount of plays that um, the defense has, they're blitzing. So nearly half, half of the plays uh, on defense, Baltimore sending someone. And um, I want to talk about someone real quick, Patrick Ricard. That dude is a fucking animal. What so, he play? He plays fullback, he plays defensive tackle, Oh wow. and he plays tight end. Really? Yeah, like a um, lot of
0: playing time in all of them. Oh,
1: yeah. Hmm. So they use utilize him all over the field. He's just one of those guys that is an extremely hard worker, almost like a uh, Burkhead when he played for uh, the, the Bengals. Bangles, yeah. um, it's similar to what he did, but it's a bigger, tougher body. Uh, obviously, in their interior playing D tackle, um, you're going to have to be. But he's what's like, he
0: listed at weight was? Um. I know you got him pulled up right there. I don't know if that tells you.
1: Uh I do not have his stats.
0: Because I'm imagining to play fullback he has to be around two forty five. And I mean you can't imagine he's too much bigger than two seventy, but he's he can't be much smaller than two forty five well, playing defensive tackle.
1: He's probably uh upwards around two seventy because they typically use him as a uh, like lead blocker or like a tight end like in a wing position okay. you know I'm saying? Yeah, Step yeah, yeah. back off the, off the line to get a reach block or something like that, just because he's so athletic. And, um, I don't know. He, he's just a really good player at doing his job, uh, which is obviously important when you have solid players making plays around you. You know what I'm saying? You got, you got your role players that know their, know their, uh, role on the team and just do their job and allow your elite athletes to really work like Lamar and, I think Hollywood.
0: that's the key to where you look at really good teams is like you can have a I mean, every NFL team has sensational athletes everywhere and talented guys, obviously, you have to be talented to make it the NFL. But I think what really separates the good teams from the great teams are the role players that are on great teams that realize that they're role players, and don't try to do too much and just try to stay in their in their uh, role so they can help the team win. And I think it's interesting that you say that the Ravens are just like New England and how they play defense, because it's almost interesting because they're the one, they're like essentially the New England Patriots kryptonite when it comes to the AFC.
1: Yeah, definitely. Um, They're one team that I don't, I don't know what it is, uh, but I love it. They come into every single New England game and are just not intimidated at all. That's
0: that's the key too. And as a Steelers fan, like I've watched, I mean, I've, we've had good teams. The Steelers have had good teams in the past couple of years, but every single time we go into uh, New England, I know that we're going to lose simply because of that aspect that we're afraid. And maybe they're not, maybe afraid is the wrong word to use. And maybe they're not even intimidated per se, but they come in with the idea of like, how are we going to beat this team? Right? And they know that, because I've always known as a Pittsburgh fan that the only way we're making it to the Super Bowl is if someone else takes New England out in the playoffs. If we have to play New England, even if it's at Pittsburgh, it's over.
1: And my thing is, I know we talked before this game and uh, I mentioned that I thought Belichick might throw in, you know, being undefeated, I thought they might throw in some different kind of schemes and such, but I didn't see a whole lot going on with their defense. Uh, Honestly, that worries me in a playoff matchup because really they came in with their base package. They played cover zero exactly how they play a lot of other teams. Uh, They stack the box like other teams do against Baltimore is so obviously they're big sets with their three tight ends and such that they run all the time I mean they run pistol like yeah they're 40 percent more than any other and than the next highest team in the league that runs pistol so I mean it makes me worry because obviously Belichick is an extremely good coach and He's going to figure out some kind of, I mean, he's going to figure out some kind of way to make Lamar Jackson beat him through the air. And with that secondary, uh, it makes me nervous.
0: So on that aspect, because I agree with you, I do, here's my thing about Belichick. I don't necessarily think he lost that game on purpose, because I think he obviously wants to win, but he does look back on the 2017 when they went undefeated. And if you have watched any of the previews for their HBO thing where Saban and, Belichick sits down. One of the things that he says is maybe it would have been better for us in hindsight to have lost a game. Speaking on the 2007 uh, season where they went undefeated and then ended up losing,
1: I think that's true for a lot of teams. I really do. I think I think losing teaches uh, more than what you can learn from just blowing out every team and have you know what I mean? A yeah, you face adversity. You face adversity,
0: and now now they
1: face failure.
0: Exactly. That is a really good point as well. And now they've. Now they've lost to Baltimore, and now Baltimore is this big team, obviously. You've seen the hype since they've beaten exactly. New England. It's become their, all of a sudden, this new MVP, sensational team.
1: MVP talk for Lamar now. And I all think that. that
0: just adds fuel to the fire of what eventually Belichick will come up with an interesting game plan in the in the postseason. If they do end up meeting, and I I still think the Ravens can win because they're the Ravens and they have Lamar Jackson. And the they're not intimidated, like we said. And granted, New England doesn't look as good as they looked in the past offensively. But defensively, I do not think that the second meeting is going to be like that where Lamar Jackson goes crazy. Right. In fact, I, I think it'll be completely opposite where, like you said, they'll require Lamar Jackson to beat them through the air and use other players.
1: I, th- I think he's going to do better than people expected that, though. I
0: Lamar Jackson you're talking yeah, about? Yeah, okay.
1: I, I feel like... Obviously, he still has the stigma around his, like, his legs and his playmaking ability through his feet. But at the same time, um, people really don't recognize him throwing the ball. I mean, you look at, obviously, they played fucking Cincinnati and Miami. But two massive bombs to Hollywood Brown in each game right to start off. Uh, it was the first play of the game. They scored against Miami, and they had like a 60-yard streak down the seam against uh, Cincinnati. So what I, what I really think is going to beat Baltimore, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl. I really don't. I think Lamar Jackson's going to have to develop a little bit more, and his decision-making in pressure situations, uh, obviously he really has no experience in it. Um, he got one sensational... A uh, game against the Chargers last year, when they were good before Philip Rivers became decided
0: good. to just fall off the hill. Yeah,
1: Doodle Bob Philip Rivers, <laughs> Doodle Norman
0: Normanui. <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: the motherfucker can't throw the ball. He's he's got a noodle.
0: Yeah, that's something that we've talked about on the primetime previews. If you guys want to check that out, we post those every Tuesday morning now with uh, myself and Ryan Fulmer, also known as Fud. But um, one of the things that. Um, I want to say one more thing about uh,
1: how I think uh, the Patriots are going to beat Baltimore if that were to, you know what I mean, divvy up in the playoffs. Um, I think the the way that you beat the Baltimore Ravens is dictating the pace of the game and it's control up front. I think once they, I maybe this week against the Rams, we'll see, you know what I mean, a different Ravens offensive line come out because of the elite athletes that the Rams have on the D-line. If you can win in the trenches against Baltimore and not allow them to have four or five yards of rush, then you're really causing their offense a lot of problems.
0: So I talked, like I said, we do the primetime previews where we discuss uh, every Thursday, Sunday, and Monday night games. Again, you can check that out on every Tuesday. I'll have that posted. Um, But we were talking about this Baltimore-Ravens and Los Angeles-Rams matchup that is occurring on Monday night. And one of the things that I said... I don't think that the Rams will win it. I predict the Ravens to win it. However,
1: they
0: will. You're, you're not wrong. I believe you completely in that aspect as well. I, the Rams have not really sold me lately. I think Jared Goff has regressed a lot. and I'm not, I used to be a big Jared Goff supporter, and now I'm eating my words a little bit because he's starting to really annoy me because he hasn't taken that step. And it, exactly the thing that we were talking about earlier Jared Goff looked good, they paid him, now they've got all this money into him, and now it kind of is, do we have a quarterback? Now granted, a lot of that is just the media, just hyping it up, and you kind of have to sift through the noise and just listen in the building. I think McVeigh has it sort of set it, sorted out where he isn't going to completely uh, change the ship and everything. However, um, talking about that game, this is what I think is very true about that, is that The Rams can absolutely win that game if Aaron Donald and Jalen Ramsey play sensational. I'm assuming that they'll put Jalen Ramsey on Hollywood Brown. I don't really know any other Ravens receiver that they would put him on. The only thing that I think they wouldn't put him on Hollywood Brown is because of the speed. But again, it's Jalen Ramsey. I mean, he can shut down anybody in his mind, and he's your number one corner. Always put him on the number one threat there. And then Aaron Donald being a disruptive factor up the middle. Getting through that offensive line and really forcing Lamar Jackson to do a lot more with his legs than he wants to. However, the one thing that I did mention in the podcast, the primetime previews, was that the Rams linebackers are not as good as the Ravens tight ends. So do you see this being a close game in which the Ravens maybe win by touchdown, maybe less than that, really struggle the whole game? Or is it similar to what we saw with the uh, Dolphins, the Bengals, and now the Texans, where they just blow them out. I mean,
1: even New England, in a way, like if you if you sat and watched and felt the game, you felt like there
0: was at one point in that New England game where the fumble occurred. Where if that fumble didn't happen with Edelman, I do think New England changes momentum. But again, that's football. Right. So I mean, the Ra- the Ravens made the plays. So I wouldn't necessarily call that a blowout, but I do see where you're coming from. But what do you think about this game coming up?
1: Um, I. Like I said, it's it's really gonna it's really gonna come out to if Baltimore can I I think their first possession of every game, I think that's the most important possession for the Baltimore Ravens because I believe they're first and points scored in their first drive. Uh they do it very frequently. Um they come out, punch teams in the mouth, uh, so to so to speak, and I mean, they score on the first drive, and then it's like, they have an alright sound defense that's getting better, and they're getting more healthy, so it's, it's really hard to tell, um, I mean, we're going to have to see a great matchup uh, in the interior, obviously Aaron Donald, probably the best, if not top three player in the league right now, uh, going up against Bradley Bozeman, who is a fairly young player. He's doing extremely well and his run blocking has got significantly uh, better. And then Marshall Yonda, the the, the pro, amazing the pro guard bowler, the possibly future Hall of Famer, I would say. One hundred percent future. He I mean he's just an elite guard. He's nasty, he's mean, he, he gets the job done. In his run and pass uh, blocking. As a
0: Steelers fan, Marshall Yonda is the guy that I've always had respect for because he plays that gritty, hard nose, obviously offensive line play. Um, But I've always hated him because he's so good. And you know that when they run to his side, it, I mean, he's getting his job done, Well, we got about five minutes left. Well, really just four minutes, but I want to touch on their next three games. So we talked about the Rams, which you think they're going to win. Okay. So I agree with you on that. So their next three games are the Rams The 49ers and the Bills, okay? So I'm going to give you a little rundown of what I think is going to occur, and then I want to hear what you think, and then we'll get you out of here so we can uh, get you going on and doing other things with the rest of your day. So we've got the Rams, which they're going to win. The 49ers, I think they'll lose that game because the 49ers' defense is one of the best defenses in the league, and I know it goes to the whole Patriots thing, but they have an offense to go along with it where if they're given opportunities – they're able to score. So I think they'll lose that, but they'll beat the Bills. They'll destroy the Bills. Um, so I think in that stretch, in the next three games, they go two and one and they go to what is it? They're they're eight and eight and two right now? Yeah. Yeah. So they'll be ten and three with three games left, and they'll obviously at that point have a playoff spot locked up, and then most likely have the division locked up. So what do you see in those next three games? Obviously you said they'll beat the Rams, so the forty ers and the Bills, what do you have about that?
1: Um Really what I see, I see I see a dominating victory over the Rams. I think Baltimore keeps rolling with this momentum and with this offensive run game. Uh, I don't think that the Rams' def- run defense is going to be up to par with them. But the 49ers, honestly, I think that Baltimore could use a dose of defeat against the 49ers. Um, I think it would make it interesting because the 49ers possibly could go into undefe- Obviously, I mean, they have a tough stretch of games. But they could go undefeated. Well, the Niners lost.
0: Yeah, they lost to the uh, Seahawks.
1: They come in with one loss in a Super Bowl matchup against Baltimore is the way I'm looking at this right now. If Baltimore were to uh, run through Foxborough and get an opportunity, a rematch of the 2012 Super Bowl, um, with a loss over the 49ers uh, in a close dogfight, because I think Baltimore's defense is going to play up to par and be able to compete. Um I I realistically looking at the remainder of the schedule I hope the Ravens lose that in a tight dogfight because I think they need some adversity and I need I think they need a a little a little check because they they're having a lot of fun but I just you know what I'm saying I want to make sure that they're Their heads right moving into the playoffs, being a young, unexperienced team.
0: All right, so one and one right now, one win against the Rams, one loss against the Niners. I think you're going to go the same way with the Bills. What do you got with the Bills? Uh,
1: Yeah, I I don't think the Bills' defense is up to par with Baltimore's offense. Um, I think Baltimore's defense is still obviously an extremely solid group. I think they're going to shut down uh, the Bills, and I think really they're going to run all over the Bills also. Uh, The game's in Buffalo, though, so there may be a – difference and it's in december too so if we see snow or any kind of weather i think that factors into baltimore's favor all
0: right so real quick before i get you out of here uh three games left i i don't know who they're playing You pro-
1: browns and uh pittsburgh so all right jets
0: browns it. pittsburgh finishing off with a great rivalry game against the steelers uh at this point after the bills game you have them at 10 and 3 what is their final record um taking into account their last three games just real quick what do you think
1: um, You said the Bills record?
0: No, 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 the the, the Ravens. So right now you have a 10-3 and three after beating the Rams, losing the Niners, beating the Bills. They have three games left. Uh, do they end up at 13-3, and three, or what do you think their final um, record's going to be? I think
1: they be? go into Cleveland, and I think they take a victory from that. I don't, I don't see the Browns sweeping Baltimore this year. Uh, they kind of – they play well and match up well against Baltimore. They see them twice a year, uh, year in, year out, obviously, so – Harbaugh's been there for a long time. They know what he does. Uh, they know what Baltimore's transitioned to. They've seen it twice now. Um, But I still don't see the Browns uh, sweeping Baltimore in a season like they're having right now. Uh, Pittsburgh. I, I think that Baltimore takes the Pittsburgh game, too, and sweeps uh, the old Steelers this year, Tyler. Um, All right. I think that because the games in Baltimore, but then again, if it depends on the implications that the game has on the playoff standing.
0: No, absolutely. So, I think that's really important as well.
1: So obviously they could take a loss if they had locked up the two seed or possibly the one seed still. I don't see New England losing many more games, but, um, I don't know. I think Baltimore, uh, Finishes out with a victory over the Jets. They're coming into Baltimore. They're a terrible team. The run defense is not going to do anything. Quincy Williams is good, but he's Well, he's if not- you guys
0: heard that, the House predicts that the Ravens finish 13-3. and um, As always, man, it's so great sitting down talking to you. I love just how passionate you are, not only just about the Ravens, but football in general, Absolutely. you uh you are a gambler, so you're obviously uh, inclined to pay attention in that aspect. But Love even it. beyond that, you still have a great knowledge of the game, and have, having played it, you have just a different perspective than I think some people have. So as always, man, it's really great sitting down talking to you, and I look forward to the next time we sit down and talk.
1: Yeah, for sure. We'll be back next week.
0: All right, guys, you have a great night, and thanks for listening to Fan Talk Friday.